Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. All right, guys, uh, this is another edition of uh, Tribe Stories, but today we're having a conversation on God's love, and it's um, I have with me here Uche Ani and uh, Makochi Okafo. Guys, nice to have you here. Thank you, Freddie. It's <laughs> nice, nice to be, be here. here. <laughs> no, no, like, well, before we go here, I told them I don't know the rules, but uh, we're just going to have a chat on God's love. And if you have a question, you ask. But I, I guess I'll start this by asking the very first question. You know, I've been a Christian for pretty, pretty much um, a long time, but I think it was a, a season of my life where I started to contemplate deeply about God's love, that I started to develop a genuine conviction that wanted to know more about God. and um, But again, it was also hard because culturally, you can never really wrap your mind around unconditional love. So I would like to start by asking, um, God's love, unconditional love, He loves you without your impute. He loves you regardless of who you are. I mean, Uche, how did it settle in for you? Is there a journey you want to share? Um, yes, there is. Actually, Unlike you, it's not like I've been a Christian for a long time. I'd like to say I was Jesus-friendly all my life, but I became a Christian in 2014 when I actually discovered God's love. Um, all the while, I hadn't really understood the point of a father who loves you unconditionally. I think part of that is that um, in my family, my parents are divorced, so I grew up without my father. Um, so that actually struck me, knowing that someone actually can love me without fault, without fail, you know, and on ending on failing love actually was what actually drew me in because I had tried on my own. I'd actually tried to keep all the rules and do all the things that were required of you. But it was one day, I remember that was the thing that sealed it. It was a gradual process what actually sealed it for me it was one day I was reading the Bible and I stumbled on Romans 8 and it was like, it was the first time I was ever reading it. And the entire chapter was like a it was like a light came on in my head and I started to understand that, look, there's no more condemnation for me. You know, as long as I'm in Christ Jesus, as long as I'm dwelling in, in him, his spirit is living in me and, you know, I'm covered by that love. It's hard to really quantify. You can't quantify God's love. Mm -hmm. You can only describe it. And even human description or descriptive terms can't really cover what it is like. But that's just my journey. Okay, let's, let's, let's hear yours right now. Okay, um, for me, um, God's love for me, um, let's start from when I knew about God. Um, I grew up in a Christian home and, you know, growing up, every other person, every other thing revolves around God. We pray before we eat, we pray before we sleep, we wake up, we pray. And to an extent, I kind of thought that was what it meant to be a Christian and that was what it meant to, to get God's love, be loved by Him and be loved back. But growing up, I got to realize that I got it all wrong. I was just playing by the rules, what I've been taught, what I've been told to do. So I started questioning what really it means to love God for myself because I knew beyond me playing by the script, which we are practically acting, I needed God for myself and I needed to meet a love God. But uh, it took me through what actually made me get to know God for myself was having to fight a particular addiction. So um, through the battle, I got to know that God loved me irrespective of whatever it is, uh, whatever it was, God loved me for who I am. And for me in particular, God's love 
um, appear from here in two ways, in form of grace, and grace is Jesus Christ. Mm. Uh, uh, the sense that um, I don't think I deserve Jesus. Sure, I know I do not deserve Jesus, and um, He thought me worthy to be someone He would die for. He thought me worthy to come down and give me every of the blessings that He have given me, from forgiveness to restoration to you know, being free from sin, from every... So, you know, that was for me what God's love was. It became real to me, getting to know that God loves me irrespective of my past, my present, my future. He loved me 2,000 years back and that was why he even came down to die for me. So, that's more or less my story of how I got to know God's love for myself. Okay, it's interesting, but I know a lot of people struggle because this unconditional love, that he loved you before you were even born. So that the love of God transcends your, before you choose to mess up or fail mm -hmm. or do anything to hurt him, he had made up his mind to love you. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing you can do today that will make God love you any less. Because his love for you is not dependent on your perfection. Mm -hmm. And for me, I started to realize again that it is actually God's love for me that drives me to know him, to love him in return. Mm -hmm. That he has loved me and has drawn me to himself was the motivation and the propelling force that I had to respond back in love and that's worship. And that I'm not working towards perfection, that in him I'm already accepted and perfected and I'm working from a place of perfection. Now, you know, some people get scared about the message of love because they'll tell you all these grace and love people you guys would take it for granted because for them, they feel uh, you get to a point where God loves me, see groove, then you, you get on the street and <laughs> do, you do all the club life, mm -hmm. you do everything mm -hmm. and you don't quite, but I didn't see that reality for me. You know, understanding God's love didn't drive me to a point where I wanted to take that grace for granted or take that love and despise it, but it produced a feeling of genuine worship. Now, um, I would like to ask, did, it, did, it, did you see that conflict? If you, do you ever come to a point where you doubt that I am loved, where you have to wrestle with the thoughts in your mind, where the feelings of worthlessness will come back to nag or knock on your door, embarrassed or traumatized? But how do you keep coming back to understanding that, see, regardless of what you feel right now, God's love for you is, has nothing to do with your feelings for yourself? Mm, I, I think for me, it, it, it's, a, it's a journey. I don't think anybody comes to that knowledge in one day. It, it requires actual experience. So um, having to, first, love is the nature of God, is who he is. Everything he does and thinks and acts is based on this, like it's his personality. It's just like saying you're black. That is who you are. You can't change it. Even mm. if you color it, you're still black. So that's more or less how God's love is. This is who he is. This is what he is. So getting to know that irrespective of however wrong I do, first, um, God's love can't be exhausted. It can't be, you can't, on like, it's not something that your action can cancel out. It stays there. It's constant. So irrespective of my action, I'm not saying, you know, we're just like you said, many people fear that you get to abuse this, but it's, it's a place of knowledge. When you know this, it kind of just makes, you know, when you really love someone, you kind of just start making adjustment, mm -hmm. compromise, just to please the person. And it's not that you're forcing it. It's something you do as a response for the person's action. So if I give you love, naturally you want to give me love back. So that's how I think it is. Yeah, um, and um, it's so funny that Marco also brought up addiction because addiction is something that God has brought me through. God has brought me through um, um, a, a same-sex relationship. God has um, brought me through an addiction to pornography, masturbation, different things like that, a lot of addictions and trouble with lust. 
And um, yes, you mentioned the feelings of worthlessness and they do come, especially when you're feeling low and you're tempted and you want to go back to your old life. But like he said, it's love that actually keeps you going. I realized recently that instead of struggling with sin, I'm just going to rest in God's love. That was that was actually a defining moment for me because I realized that when I focus on how much God loves me, I don't even start thinking about the sin. I just want to please him with my life. And you know, just as you said, we love because he loved us first. And when you experience a perfect love, it's actually, it's so life-changing and it's such a deep thing that you stop thinking about the alternatives because you know that the alternatives don't hold any they can't even measure up to what you're experiencing because you're experiencing the real deal and that has really been the work it's been an inside out transformation mm-hmm. for me unlike before when i used to struggle and try to make an outside in mm-hmm. thing where mm-hmm. my life was segmented i had my church life my work life my school life everything was segmented and i had different faces i would put on mm-hmm. but now the love of Jesus just flows out of me because all I want to do is get to know him more. I don't know. I don't know if it's more for women, but I find that we have a more romantic view of Jesus because mm, it really is like <laughs> it's like being in a relationship with someone who who never thinks that you're bad, you know, who can never see your faults because at every time when we stumble, when we fall, he's not, God is not looking at us. He's looking at the finished work of the cross, Um, you know, so that finished work is really what love is all about. If you just analyze any portion of it, of the life of Jesus, you see that it was love from start to finish. You know, thinking about this, someone said the proof of true love is not a diamond. It's a cross. Yeah. And I think for me, that kind of changed the whole view. Now, you talked about condemnation too. I remember I had to deal with condemnation over and over again, but there was a scripture I stumbled on and it says that even if your heart condemns you, yeah. God yeah. is greater than yeah. your yeah. heart. Yeah. Yeah. And I think God has sort of left clues for us all across scriptures that I'm not condemning you. I, I don't want ill for you. I'm not putting you down. I, God is interested in blessing, uplifting us. and you know, upholding us. He believes the best in us. And even when you fall, he's saying, get up, my son, just keep going. You you will make it through. You're not there anymore. That's not who you are. You've become the life of God that is fully expressed in you. And culturally, because we tend to push people to a place where they need to keep up to certain standards mm-hmm. to become righteous, we get into a sin-conscious mentality where mm-hmm. you're just looking out for when you're going to fall. I'm going to lost right now. It is coming. And then, oh, yes, it's here. And But the point is, can you move away from that and focus on who you are in God? Now, the, the next conversation I want us to have as we wrap up on this is what's your favorite love story in the Bible? I'll, I'll start with mine so you have time to think about it. <laughs> I really am thinking. <laughs> so for me, the, my favorite love story is actually the prodigal song. I don't know. It wasn't called prodigal really, but mm. you know, we know the guy. He just woke up one day told his dad, dad, you know what? I need everything you have that is mine. Took his inheritance and then went off. We see him again in a club, having a ball. We see him again in a bar, maybe strippers club. The guy was sort of like on a roll. And after a while, you know what happens? Ran out of money, got broke, got a job. And the only job he could get was where he could feed pigs. Started to eat with them. And one day he had this intense moment of realization of, this is not who I am. I mean, there is a place where I can go and I can be forgiven maybe. He didn't even understand the strength of forgiveness. And then he decided to go back home. And I'm sure he would have put a finger to his boss. Like, you know, I'm going home to my father. This, this thing you call job, I'm not interested anymore. And of course, he found his way home. But getting home, he wasn't sure what his father's response would be. And this story was told by Jesus. So I was so intrigued by the heart of his father. 
that he got home, he was even begging to be a slave. His father said, no, you can't be. You have my life, you have my DNA, my blood flows in you. You, you, you came back as though you never left. I have no record of your wrongs. You're completely forgiven even before you came back. I was waiting for your return. The forgiveness is not something you beg, it's something you receive yeah. with your father. And it was just something that I couldn't shake off. And, you know, coming back was that love story for me. No greater love has any man that got so loved that he gave. And, you know, the only place we can come back and find God's love is greater than our sins, greater than our... We cannot underestimate it. We can, we can never overestimate God's love. We can only maybe underestimate it if at all we try to wrap our imagination around it. And thinking about that guy coming back to his father, finding home, finding love, finding forgiveness and acceptance is pretty much the story of every believer who turns back home. Okay. Oh, that, that's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me... You don't have to steal it. No, 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 I'm not stealing it. I, I already have a favorite love story and that's the story of Mary Mandolin. Um... Um, mm, yeah, that was a good one too. Yeah. you know, being caught right in sin and the whole world expects that you're supposed to be put down, stoned to death. And I mean, this was just the final test for Jesus and for her. And against all odds, love just manifested. Yeah. You know, God showed on Jesus, through Jesus, that he is love. Mm. And he forgave her. Like literally, he wasn't acting. It wasn't to please her. It is who he is. He just wrote off all her sins, let her go, and gave her a family in in, in his you know in his yeah. close circle. And that for me was just love. That is love, and that's who Christ is, and that's who God is. So, no matter how deep or dirty or however it is we've gone. God is always there to get us in and pull us in and get us closer. So that, for me, is the biggest love story in the Bible. <laughs> That's okay. a good one. That's a good yeah, one. you guys have chosen some pretty great ones. And I had a few options to pick from, but I'm going to pick a controversial one. And most Christians will probably come for me when they hear this because Great. this analysis <laughs> is completely different from everything we're taught in church. It's the parable of the pearl and the treasure in the field. Hmm. So... What everybody says is that Jesus is the treasure of the field. When we find it, we sell everything we have to chase after him. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it, there's something in the Bible called the law of first mention. Mm -hmm. If you read according to the Bible, whenever something is used in a certain way, it's most likely going to be used in that same way. So when we find this parable, there's a man said the kingdom of God is like a man who is walking one day, finds a treasure in the field, sells everything he has and buys the whole field to get that treasure. I think that this man is God mm. and we are the treasure mm. in the field. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really need to say this story. Yeah, so I can't take credit for this revelation. Oh, no, no. I learned it from okay. someone. Okay. So it says that Jesus found that, okay, this whole world, or let's God, Jesus, Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, mm -hmm. found that in the whole world, there is the treasure, my children, who I have planted in the field. And because of them, because I love my children so much, I'm going to give all I have. All he had was Jesus. He gave his only begotten son. That was everything. Mm -hmm. He put himself on the cross mm -hmm. to redeem the entire world for me and you. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Like Jesus gave everything we have. Because if we sell everything we have, we can't, we buy, can't Jesus. buy Jesus. Mm -hmm. Nothing we can do can be worth what is the price that we can give? <laughs> but we were bought, bought with, you know, a price. A price. Like, that priceless <laughs> price, you know. <laughs> we, we, God looks at us and he sees treasure. He sees a jewel of inestimable value. He says, you are worth it all. 
you're worth the cross. And yesterday um, I was meditating and the Holy Spirit was telling me, because I asked God, if you could do it again, would you do it again? And he said, you're worth it all. All of you deserve it. I would endure the pain of the cross a thousand times oh for each and every one of you. Oh it's a beautiful love story. I mean, this is this for me, you know, but I would like to corroborate that story. Uh, you know, the scripture that talks about there's this treasure in 18 vessels, yeah. the excellency of God. And I think, in a sense, thinking about it, we are the 18 vessels and yeah. there's treasure in us. And if you look at the, 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 uh, the Gospels, you find out that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are consistent parables where he would pull out a story of a lost coin, a yeah. lost sheep, yeah. that I would leave the 99 and go after one. Yeah. I think God looks at us and he loves us uniquely. Yeah. In a way that... Um, I don't know, differently but uniquely. Yeah. So yeah. It's, yeah. It's, there's a unique way he loves Marco Chi that, you know, he, he relates with you. He wired you, fashioned you the way he wants you to be and, you know, pours everything into that. And there is an understanding of our love for God that we may not always be sure about because of our fecal nature as humans. But there is the unshakable love God has for us. Yeah. So God's love for us is something that we must anchor our, our faith on. And even when your own love can manifest, when you made bad choices to choose against him, his love for you is not changing. That is a relentless pursuit that keeps coming back for you, calling you back to more. He has never given up on you. He never will. I mean, he has, before the foundations of the world, he paid the ultimate price, his life, to bring us back to himself. And that is the definition of love for me. Yeah. That no greater love than laying his very own life to bring us to this place. And he's now living that life through us, calling us to this place of freedom. It's for freedom that he has set us free. And that when you find truth, you will come into that place of freedom from fear. So our experience of human love, cannot hold a candle there's a word to that too yeah. God's yeah. understanding and even the best of our parents put that love on steroids ready to infinity or whatever that is you will still not come close to trying to fulfill God's love for you yeah. so those are my final thoughts I don't know what your final thoughts are then with prayer and college <laughs> sorry <laughs> I'd like to give an example of what you said you know about parental love and I was watching a video yesterday by a guy called Sean Balls and he was talking about word of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And he said one time he was supposed to minister somewhere and he had a list of names, detailed stuff that he was supposed to, that he thought was what he was meant to see at a certain conference. And he got up at the pulpit and he was reading out this thing. Is there anybody named this, that, that? And nobody answered. <laughs> and he got so embarrassed. But a, like a year later, he was in another place and he had nothing to share. And the Holy Spirit just kept telling him, bring out that list from that That's time the, yeah. from Australia. <laughs> this is Redding, California. He is in now. And he's like, okay, bring out that list and call it out. And he calls it out. I think he says, a man named Shannon, your wife, did you just have a grandson named Grayson? Hmm. And immediately a couple jumped up and said, yes, our grandson was born like just a week ago or something like that. Think about the fact that about a year ago, God had given the name Grayson. Uh, this boy was not even <laughs> conceived at the time yeah. God gave that word. So it's amazing. God loves, like it really shows, he illustrates a picture of before Love we were formed. Yeah. yeah, before we were formed in our mother's womb, he knew us. So he knows that boy Grayson long before he was even conceived, long before he was born. And he had a purpose for him. I think oh we should title this Love is in the Detail. I don't know. Yeah. Love is in the Detail. <laughs> it is, actually. Okay, to wrap this up, I, I, I don't have so much to say. I think we've said a lot. But I just would like to ask everybody, just one word. What does God's love mean to you? What do you think it is? Just one word. Um, so, uh, I start with you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Mine would be an adjective, inexhaustible. Okay. I would be life. This endless flow of life. This 
reason for why I'm alive, a reason to face another day, even when you're facing um, insurmountable challenges, just knowing that he's there and he's with you in the midst of it all, it's always very reassuring. Okay, one word for me, it would sound cheesy and expected, but for me, love is God. Yeah. <laughs> God is love, and that wraps it up that's for me. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Um, maybe we should say a word of prayer. Um, you want to give us that? Okay. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We love you. We give you all the glory. We thank you for the conversation that we had today. We thank you for showing us your heart, for showing us your love, and helping us to understand more of who you are and how you love us. We pray that we are able to transmit that love in every area and facet of our lives and that we live for the very purpose why you have placed us on this earth, and that is to extend your love to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.